Alright, hello, hello everybody. This is Samir Azizi, aka AZZ. How's it going? Welcome to my podcast. Uh, thank you everybody for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and like my podcast on Apple iTunes. Also Stitcher, Stitcher, Spotify, and other platforms as well. And in addition, check out my YouTube channel, uh, my content. Subscribe and like there as well. I'd really appreciate that. All right, so this podcast is it's probably going to be a short one. I just wanted to share my uh, experience of like, well, not experience, like kind of uh, my thoughts about uh, the book that I uh, just read. I think it's by Ashley Vance, it's, and it's about Elon Musk and uh, his companies. And... Uh, it's a little bit kind of, uh, what is it? Yes, Ashley Vance, Elon Musk. So, I mean, the book was written in uh, 2015, so I'm, I'm a bit late to the party, but, excuse me, but it's been a while since I, you know, read, I feel like I haven't read, read a book in like a month or so, maybe even two months, actually. And so I was like, what do I, like, I really want to, like, read something inspirational, and, like, this Elon Musk book came up, I'm like, all right, let's do this. And so, I don't know, overall, the book was pretty cool, I, I loved it, I loved the details of it, and it was nice to, like to be caught up on, like, everything since the beginning of his career, his childhood and all of that, uh, how he started in Silicon Valley. How, well, actually, no, how he actually started in uh, South Africa and then he moved to Canada. And then it was funny when the book started talking about these local universities and uh, his uh, um, events in Toronto and all of that. So it was pretty cool, too, because I'm in Toronto right now as well. So it was cool to sort of um, imagine that I'm Elon Musk. Musk, uh, but no, but just it, overall it was it was cool just to, to drag that path and know the familiar places, especially when you, like I was listening to this book and you, we walk around Toronto, every morning I wake up around 6 or 7 and, you know, I take a walk and listen to an audiobook, so gosh, it's so hard to talk when I just ate so much and I sit in this awkward position where everything is pressed down so I can barely breathe when I'm talking, so let me at least adjust myself a little bit, because now I'm recording in the living room on my comfy sofa instead of this uncomfortable high stool. But yeah, so any, everyone who is interested in the subject, in the personality of Elon Musk, he's pretty public right now with all his Twitter things, uh, in addition to all his amazing companies. But a um, couple things. First, um, I definitely became more interested in Tesla after reading this book. Not like Tesla as in, as in like a vehicle. Uh, I'm even thinking like maybe if uh, my next vehicle would be a Tesla. Maybe I'll purchase a Tesla, you know, because I kind of I kind of dig it. I, I dig this style. I like that. Um, and second, it was just so inspiring for me. Like my, the main inspiration that I got from this book is that the guy multitask on the high level, on the very, very high level. Um, whereas he is a CEO of, of pretty much three companies at the same time. And uh, at this point, he's probably the CEO of, I would say, four companies, right? Because the book haven't even mentioned Neuralink and the boring boring company. Um, actually, with the boring companies, maybe five companies. But what we have, right, in, sort of, in terms of brand, branding, Solar City, Tesla, SpaceX, the boring company, and uh, Neuralink, right? So the five companies. Um, so that was very inspiring. You know, when you kind of whine about like, ah, oh, I have so much stuff to do. I cannot do podcasting and do like a video content and do like something else on top of that, have a nine to five job and stuff like that. That's actually, you know, sounds like an excuse. It sounds more like an excuse after reading this book. So I definitely got inspired of like, okay, you know, you gotta, 
you, there's nothing special about it. You just got to do it, you know, just and it's pretty doable. So there's no reason to whine about stuff. It's just it's, it's just a question of uh, basically time management. So so that was like one of the coolest things that I got from this book. I was like, yes, that was pretty awesome. You know, like that he, he does that. One thing that I got gonna, got cautious about, I definitely didn't become like an Elon Musk fanboy after reading this one. Uh, mostly because I don't feel like, I don't know. I, I, I do recognize that he's a cool guy, great guy, genius. He will probably, you know, I don't know, invent more stuff and he will assist and help more people and all of that. So he's like a definitely a productive member of society on a very high level. But um, the book really emphasizes the fact that he is pretty much a douchebag uh, at work. Which again, like basically his uh, management style is very abrupt, very critical. Uh, everyone's afraid of him and, and all of that and yada, yada, yada. And uh, which is again, I think it's totally fine. You know, it's just the, the guy does a lot of things and he's really, really valuing uh, his time. So um, and when I say douchebag, I feel like Maybe it wasn't even a proper name. It was just more of like he's just rude, you know. He's just rude to people. Uh, but it, the book kind of said that he's not even sort of realizing that he's rude. But what I'm concerned about is that a lot of people will read this book and they'll be like, oh, my God, I want to be like Elon Musk. And they're like, okay, how do I become like Elon Musk? And then the book, because the book goes into detail how he operates in terms of like his, his communication with people, and he will, uh, uh, you know, whoever just decides to be like, whoever decides to be like Elon Musk, uh, will sort of assume that they will need to be rude as well at work. But, and I feel like they will miss the point because what made Elon Musk Elon Musk not because he's uh, such a you know, crazy manager who is just so rude to people and he just wants to get... And again, when I say rude, like, he just really wants things done his way and he's really demanding and he just wants perfection, perfection, perfection and he doesn't uh, care about other people's concerns or anything like that, which is not necessarily a wrong thing, but I'm just afraid that a lot of people who will try to imitate him will miss the point that he's an extreme, like, extremely smart and a genius person, right? So he, he can afford to be like that because he can back this up with his own talents, right? He always does this. Like, if if you cannot do what I'm telling you to do, I'll just do it myself. And I'll do it even, you know, faster than I'm asking you to do. So he can always back it up and stuff like that. And I feel like that's what's, uh, you know, might miss in people's mentality or anything like that. But, you know, I'm just assuming. I'm just, I just know that there's a lot of um, followers of, like, Elon Musk and stuff like that. So, but overall, very cool book. I really appreciate um, Ashley Vance, how he wrote it, how he, how he like started, like the whole style, the whole narration of this book was pretty good. It was um, um, like timeline wise, it was pretty clear. So definitely check it out. So that's the first one, and the second one, gosh. And again, I apologize for this episode. I'm like literally out of breath because I am so full right now, and I'm in this weird crooked position because I'm sitting on the couch and. Uh, so, so I'm literally like getting out of breath when I'm talking. This is a good lesson for me. I'm not going to do this again. I'm not going to like f- eat, like have dinner and then record right away. Hoo-ah! Because this is hard. I almost want to stand up. Other thing I did right now, I just watched this documentary about sports. It's like Last Chance University, Last Chance U on Netflix. And I highly suggest everyone watching it. That is the first episode because I only watched one episode. But it's just so cool, so dramatic how... 
you know, how this documentary is just basically a documentary about these kids uh, in community college and how they are uh, just part of this basketball team. And the whole narrative is basically they're trying to make it to the, uh, get accepted to like universities and get a scholarship and like a full-time, like four-year universities from, uh, from that city college. Which basically means that, you know, after high school, they didn't get uh, a scholarship, so they went to community college, and they're playing for a community college team. So in the community college, they have, like, another chance on getting uh, a scholarship from an actual university. Uh, So that's the whole point. But it's so dramatic, and I really loved it. And I was like, why do we like it? Like, why do we love sports so much? And I think it's because it's just so... um, It kind of goes along with lines like we see how dramatic it is and we see how the guys are struggling uh, guys and girls in sports and the cameras are on them they are you know if they are successful they will become superstars and so that's why for us it's like wow you know like the stakes are so high you know there's so much lens there's so much eyes on them but it can be applied to any one of us because we are all um, sort of these uh, high performing players in our game the game of life and whatever we see in sport, I always say, I always talk about boxing that way, but, you know, it applies to any other sports, um, that it's just you trying to make the best of what you can do. You trying to focus 100% on something that you would like to achieve. Like, you have a goal and you need to, like, train and practice and work hard. And you can see that in sports, but you you sort of get inspired. Like, I got inspired after watching the Michael Jordan documentary. I, I, I'm already getting hyped up after watching only, like, one episode of this one. Uh, Last Chance You. And I think that's that's what, like, really drives this. That's what the sports is all about. It's representative of human potential. And uh, I was, like, thinking, like, when was I... Because there is moments when you're like just working hard, and then there are moments when you are on the freaking verge, when you're 100% like it's do or die. And I think I've done this several times. I've been in the, that situation um, where I know that you have to like dedicate everything to this. You have to eat, breathe, and sleep with thoughts about this particular thing. And I feel like the first time ever I've gone into the situation when I had to I had to put myself into that mode was uh, I think it was second year of college when I was trying to get into the economics major and I I couldn't get in because I had uh, I didn't perform well in the class and I didn't get uh, the GPA uh, that was required. Uh, hold on a second, I forgot to turn off the uh, heater. Should have pressed pause. So yeah, that was like the first part I remember. I was only, um, I think, 20, 20 years old. And, uh, you know, through a lot of, like, uh, work, I actually convinced the university through, like, a lot of appellations and all of that uh, to to get to allow me to retake that class. And then uh, once they allowed me to do it, this is where I had to be, like, 100% focused on, you know, studying microeconomics and all of that. The class was Econ 10A. And uh, long story short, I was so focused, I was mentally so prepared for it, I was studying and studying and studying. Uh, it was that class and also an accounting class. It was like a double um, double challenge. But I performed really well in both of those classes and I got into the major. 
And I don't think that's ever been happening before that a guy would actually appeal to like retake a class and all of that. And I would go through like several instances, like head of economics department, and then they would reject me and I would go to the dean and, you know, first, you know, I had to like lay down the work and then I had to actually prove that I can do it. And so I've done it. I've done it. So that was the first time I actually was like 100% in the zone. Like I was just like so focused. I didn't party, didn't, didn't do anything, but just study, 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 practice, 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 going to the old like TAs, uh, student resources and all of that. So that was like my first, like really like hard in the paint kind of situation. And then the second situation was when I, um, after my MBA, I got this um, temporary position at my work. I was working uh, for Cavalry Foundation. And so I had to, so that was, a, I was first came on board as a temp. And then that was in Oxnard and I was living in Ventura. So, um, and I was still an international student and I was on this OPT situation. So... <laughs> And I felt like this was a real situation for me where I can actually get sponsored for H-1B visa if they get me on board full time. But what they've done is they actually moved from uh, Oxnard to um, Los Angeles. So every morning I had to wake up to continue working there uh, from Ventura and drive to Los Angeles for two hours in the morning. And then for three hours through traffic drive back uh, to Ventura. Uh, but I was so dedicated to like doing a good job and making sure that everyone, you know, is satisfied with my performance and making sure that I'm always on time. So I was really focused on that and I got hired and they sponsored me for a visa. Didn't work out, unfortunately, but that's uh, not on them. That's just on the system. But that was like, I was really focused on that. And then I think the third time I was really, really 100% focused and dedicated. And I just had this tunnel vision is that when I was... Um, I remember I got that email at work from the attorney who was applying for my H-1B visa. And the email basically said that I wasn't selected. Like, I'm not, I'm not like, basically, I'm not going to work here anymore. And moreover, I'm not going to be in this country anymore. Like, I have to leave the United States within three months. So you're getting this email and you're realizing that all your dreams are crashed. Um... So I had to cope with myself for like 24 hours. But like instantly the next day, I, th I said to myself, okay, what's next? So I started researching. It was uh, where, like, because it was still for me a dream to like move uh, somewhere where I can apply my education and my skills and everything that I have in like a um, first world country, basically, with the developed, developed economy and stuff like that. So I started researching three countries right away. Um, Canada, Australia, and New Zealand. And what is their situation? And so that was basically the next morning. And uh, yeah, and I just started working right away on that. You know, they had to like get the police certificate, the fingerprints, and everything. And I started collecting documents and stuff like that just to get there. Um, so I moved back to Kazakhstan. Um, and then while in Kazakhstan, I was like collecting all the documents, collecting all the letters from my previous employers, um, getting my English test done. I actually didn't get enough on my, believe it or not, I didn't get enough on my IELTS test the first time. I'm really bad at taking tests. So I had to like retake that test again. 
I was like, I'm not having this. I'm not like giving up because of some English test. This is just ridiculous. So I took another English test. I think there was some other test that I took. Yeah, so basically I was doing this. Um, I was doing this for like collecting all the... It took me, I think, around four months to collect everything. And then uh, I submitted and I applied. Part of me was like paranoid that I didn't do anything correctly or something like that. But I, I, I got selected and now I'm in Canada. Uh, gosh, this is like the weirdest podcast ever because I'm like, I have the cool things to say, but I'm like, I feel like I'm running right now. Jesus, maybe that's just age now. But yeah, so I guess the point is, is that there's like levels where you're just on the day to day working hard and there's some, you know, situations in your life where you like, I got to freaking do this. I got to apply myself 100% and there's no, there's no like backing out. I can't fail. I can't fail. I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. And even if it's not going to work out, I got to tell I got to like know that I've done everything possible uh, in my powers. Like with that H1B visa, for example, I've done everything that's in my powers. I found a good job. Uh, they, they have like a good lawyer. They applied for everything. I provided all the documentation. Everything was like top notch and it just didn't work out because the system is just like a lottery. So I just wasn't selected. But I knew that we've done everything that we could have done. So I'm like, I'm not looking back. I'm like, I don't, you know, I've done everything correctly. And same with everything else. So I don't know. I guess the the question here is how do you optimize? How do you optimize your life so that you have those moments um, more frequent in your life when you're like 100% focused on the goal? Like with the basketball uh, documentary, with sports. The goals, which makes sports so beautiful, it's that's the goals are simple. You have to win the championship. You have to win the fight. You know, you think it's simple, as as in like it's simple to identify the goal. It's very hard to achieve it, but it's simple to identify because it's sports. The rules have been written in sports. In life, though, you have to create the rules. You have to create the goal. You have to identify what do you want to do. What do you need? And I think that's the hardest part because some people, um, including myself actually sometimes, they can't identify clearly what the hell do you want in life, right? And then you sort of come up with some weird excuses like, well, I'm doing all right, you know? And uh, maybe I shouldn't do anything else. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's life, you know? And uh, for some that works, but other people know in the back of their head that you're not doing something that you can do so it's a cliche thing to say but setting goals is just like a one party particular value uh, like value of an equation that you just have to have otherwise the equation doesn't work so just have that goal and then you have to like do the whole 100 percent focus um and i think that's what on my mind lately like that's what's um that's what's like the thought, like, what's next? Because it's easy right now with this pandemic, say like, well, the life is on hold. I cannot do anything anyways. And I can always say like, well, it's pandemic, so nothing's happening. But in the, on the, in the back of my mind, I understand that that's BS. And again, I've done a lot of things in the past year, which I'm pretty proud about. And uh, you all were witness to this space if you're following me. But at the same time, you cannot blame pandemic on everything that you haven't done. Um, 
just because pandemic is not forever. And even if it is forever, because I'm already suspecting that this thing is, you know, uh, in one way or another, it's not going to leave us. Stop using it as an excuse. Like, if you, like technically, we can still do a lot of things. So basically, that's just something on my mind. It's just like, okay, what's the... What's, what, what is this something that I want to do? What is this something that I want to achieve? And I have some ideas. I have some, like, goals and stuff like that. But, like, can we go more microscopic about it? Can we start achieving stuff? Can we start... Basically, how do I focus on something with uh, microscopic, nanotechnological microscope precision and do this tunnel vision thing again? Uh, because I feel like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm due for that gotta do it huh didn't expect to like actually give you a little this motivational speech i just wanted to talk about elon musk in a cool documentary but that's what sports for me you know that's what this like i look at the documentary right now like that and i see these players this athletes trying to achieve their dreams and and i'm like i hope people like including myself like i hope they're watching and they're understanding that it's not necessarily just limited to sports it's for everyone we are also playing a game. And at the end of the day, it's like whether you're winning this game or losing this game, what's, or are you just mediocre in this game, in this game of life? You know? And I personally want to be the best. I want to win this game. And so, that, my friends, is the end of my TED Talk. Anyways, it's kind of cringe. It's a cringy episode, I'm sorry. Just gave this like cliche motivational speech but i think honestly i think i just gave it to myself but if it's helpful um to you all i think that would be great as well and i hope you're all listening to me um well doing something productive as well all right this has been samira's easy short and sweet um episodes so subscribe like comment let me know what you think and i will see you probably next week Alrighty, goodbye everyone